Hey, how's it going out there today? And welcome to the Falcon Fan Freestyle here. I'm your host, Steve Johnson, here to try my best <laughs> to sum up what the mess I saw yesterday with the Atlanta Falcons losing in historic fashion. Unfortunately, we've seen this movie way too much over the last couple of years. Falcons have a 20-point lead in the first quarter, 29-10 at halftime, up by 13 points in the last couple of seconds. Well, last couple of minutes, I should say. And yet still found a way to blow the game against the Dallas Cowboys 40-30 on a final play field goal from Greg Zerline. And, you know, it's it's the next day. And like last week with the Seattle loss, I think there were things in the Seattle loss that disappointed you as far as just overall as a team execution and things of that matter. We harped on it all last week. We wanted to see improvement. We wanted to see the offense open up just a little bit more than they did um, last week. And for the most part, you saw a little bit of that. The rushing game, over 100 yards. Granted, 34 carries, but 100 yards, you you balanced your plays pretty well. 34 runs to 37 passes. Um, Matt Ryan, 24 out of 36 for 273 yards and four touchdowns. Now, any other... Uh, time that you would see those type of stats, you would make the assumption that that's the winning team. But no, listen, there are so many turning points and so many things to talk about with this game. Uh, I don't know where to begin, but I'm going to begin at the end, of course, with the ridiculously played on onside kick by the Dallas Cowboys and I'm listening to a couple of the interviews after the game and Dan Quinn is is as he always does protecting his brand saying that yes they knew the rule that they could touch touch the ball and um, it just baffles the mind that you let the ball just roll there and three of your players continue to just look at it. A matter of fact, I, I guarantee you that Falcon tape is probably going to be used in special teams uh, <laughs> practice rooms all for the next five years on what not to do with an off onside kick because that was just ridiculous that no one would think to just fall on the freaking ball. I, I've heard the excuses. I'm not accepting it. I, I think it leads back to coaching. They actually called a timeout after seeing what Dallas was going to line up. I mean, you you had an opportunity to figure out what was about to happen. And no one, you mean to tell me no one in these huddles say, hey, hey, guys, just a reminder that if you see the ball and you know you can fall on it, just fall on it and we can go home and sneak out of Dallas with this two-point win against this overrated team in Dallas. 
but you gave them life. And I don't think it was a person in sitting with an Atlanta Falcons uniform on that didn't think that Dallas, after getting that onside kick, was not going to score the three points and win that game. You knew when they got the ball back, it was over. So we go through 24 hours of trolling, 24 hours of some of our Dallas friends and having to accept all of the trash talk and you got to suck it up and and do what you need to do. But um, it's almost a point of where do you go from here? It is very reminiscent of the Super Bowl, very reminiscent of the mistakes we made along the line. So I can see how a lot of people are reaching back to that unfortunate moment in February 2017. However, there were so many mental mistakes this game. Um, and there were so many questionable calls. 26 to 7 and you're going for two points early in the game. Now, had we not gone for two points, that field goal would have probably been a little... Um, not as well still would have been a big deal but you would have been going for the tie instead of the win so you have to question what are you doing there and then the falcons i can't help themselves those fourth downs are just more attractive now giving them credit they did make their fourth downs this time so you can't uh go totally in on them on that but all of the fumbles that we got from Dallas. It is it, you forget all about that. You you forget about how great those plays that uh Kwan made and it gets all erased. You forget about the second game in a row where Russell Gage, yes, he dropped that very first pass he had, but the the ability to still show you that he is definitely carved his niche as the number three receiver the continuing uh things we're seeing out of hayden Hurst, and and boy we can't wait to really really integrate him into this offense and the just emerging stardom of calvin ridley calvin ridley continues to show everybody that he's not a second fiddle if anything, you have two number one receivers, seven catches, 109 yards, and two touchdowns, uh, four touchdowns for the year for him. So the beat goes on um, with the Falcons with a lot of yeah, buts. And naturally, when you have so many mental mistakes or decision-making Mistakes. It comes down to the leadership. And whether it was the special teams coach or the head coach or whoever it was, someone has to take ownership of these over and over again instances. When you see something happen once, you say, okay, that's that's an anomaly. Let's let's go on and move on. That's just bad luck. But these mental mistakes, these these game management mistakes, 
we have scored, I think we are number four in the NFL in scoring after the first two weeks. For all the drama that people gave us about the Seattle game and the garbage yards and stuff like that, we are second in, in I'm sorry, we are third in the NFL in scoring. Yet we can't stop a we can't stop anybody. And more importantly, we can't stop them when we need to stop them. Almost makes you wonder, is there something in the training room that only gives like a, a 30 minute, you know, where it stops in the first half? Again, tail of two halves, Seattle first half, even though they were leading 14 to 12, obviously the Falcons were playing at a much higher level. When Dallas got that ball in that second half and went right down the field, you knew you start getting that feeling. And Falcon fans know what I'm talking about. That feeling that, uh-oh. Then the second touchdown, uh-oh. We start getting that feeling again. A feeling we've had too much during this Dan Quinn regime. And I don't. You know, it's not a joke to me. It's not a um, thing where I, I like openly campaign for a man to lose a job. But in this particular case, he's done so much to himself that you almost say, you know, damn, maybe these things are over your head. And it's easy to hear the fan base. Some still support him and and as a man I don't mind you supporting him as a man but as a as a leader of a team and a coach it, it's it's really interesting you know and we got glimpses of it in 2015 when we went 5 and 0 and couldn't finish the job that year of course the memories of the Super Bowl run kind of erase all that but there is something as much as you keep hearing him preach about finishing that we just don't finish. So it's going to be a difficult week this week. Uh, we turn the page here usually on Wednesday and, and look forward to the next game. But uh, today and tomorrow, we'll probably look at what the Falcons need to do to get that stench out of their organization. And I, I look at one person. And that's your leader. It starts with your leader. So I don't know what the ultimate decision is. I'm, I'm, we are in the afternoon on Monday and we haven't heard anything about uh, coaches or any special team coaches or anybody being released. Uh, but I, it makes you wonder how long Arthur Blank is going to wait to push a button. He invested so much in this team. And you see the flashes. You still see the defensive line playing tough, playing hard. Grady Jarrett still establishes himself to me as the number two interior line defensive lineman in the league next next to only the Aaron Donald. They basically held him every play, if you go back and watch. You see the talent with the receivers on this team. You see the emerging of Hayden Hurst. The offensive line. Can we get some kudos to the offensive line? 
dude, Matt stayed clean. And really the only reason there was one sack at the very end of the game, and the only reason Matt took that sack is because he had about eight seconds to throw the ball, but everybody was covered. And he didn't throw it away. No, he didn't. But at the same time, he he didn't want to throw it and make a dumb mistake in the end, which would have added to the other mistakes we made. Offensive line with a great showing. So I don't know. So let's see what ends up happening this week. I, I'm pretty sure the media availability of the players, I would imagine, would be limited this week because that's all folks are gonna say. Are gonna ask? I mean, we are the laughing stock of all the sports shows on uh, Fox Sports and ESPN. And, and radio stations just asking what the mess did what were y'all thinking but it's enough to make you want to question whether Dan Quinn is the guy to lead this team and especially with 14 games left listen I'm I'm I'm, I'm the forever optimist to my own fault I guess but you look at this schedule coming up and yeah you have to start with a win before you do anything I think that was the thing that would have been so great yesterday against Dallas you win that game at Dallas look at listen to your schedule coming up you have the Bears who are 2-0 but not impressive at all in either one of the wins but they are 2-0 that we can't say we are then you have the Packers which probably is the hardest team that you're going to play in the next six weeks. So those are your back-to-back NFC North games. After that, you have the Panthers coming here. You go to the Vikings, who all of a sudden now are 0-2 and looking not as good as expected. You have the Lions, who look bad as well. Then you play the Panthers again. McCaffrey is out. You have the Broncos. They just lost their quarterback. And you have all of that before the bye. So you have one, two, three, four, five, six games before the bye. Actually, seven games. One, four, five, six, seven games before the bye. Now, listen, if you're serious about 2020, if you're serious, you have to take five of those seven games. If you're real serious, you got to take six out of seven. And... Two down, 14 to go. Yeah, I want to hear all the 0-2 teams, only 60%, blah, blah. All that crap. That's out the window. We made some dumb mistakes yesterday. But the great thing is, as with (laughs) all things, there's always tomorrow. So hopefully uh, they hurry up and get to Wednesday and Thursday so they can truly start concentrating on Chicago and really this Chicago game since we see we didn't have any moves made today this has got to be a a job saving game for Dan Quinn you you can't lose to Chicago And, and you cannot have Dan Quinn as the coach of this team if you go 0-3 we preached all year about good start about getting off to a good start. We can't start slow. We got to start fast. Well, guess what? Not only have you started slow, you started in the mud. 
And most of the things are self-inflicted wounds. So going forward, you know, I'm anxious to see what how what's going to happen. Because you guys told us you were ready, Falcons. And we're behind you still, 100%. I'm still behind the organization. But I'm just questioning some of the folks and some of the leadership that we have in place. We'll be back later on this week to go over another segment here on Falcons Fan Freestyle. Um, We'll have a preview of the Chicago game later in the week and uh, look for a Another podcast somewhere between Thursday and Friday. We'll get you'll get back to you by then. Until then, this is Steve. As always, you guys. I know it's hard this week, but rise up, rise up.